Hey, this is Jeremy Rinke. I'm the pastor at Harvest Christian Fellowship in North Platte, Nebraska, and this is our podcast. I want to thank you today for joining us. I hope this encourages you, strengthens you, and blesses you. Enjoy the message. Well, this morning, I, I want to conclude uh, our sermon series that we've been calling Dangerous uh, Emotions. You know, ever, over the last several weeks, we've been looking at some, some different emotions that can be just very, very dangerous and, and can do great harm, not only to us, but, but others, if we don't learn to, to, to deal uh, with these, these different emotions. And, and my prayer really is, is that we would be on guard. Uh, against these different different emotions that we've been talking about and that we would learn to, to, first of all, just recognize them, but then to also deal with them before they get the best of us and cause us to, to fall. Uh, our theme verse for this series is 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12. It says this. It says, so if you think you're standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. You know, it's so important that if we are going to, to live out the great life that God created us to live, and if we're going to fulfill the, the great plans that God has put us on this earth to, to, to do, again, it's important that not only do we recognize, but that we deal with these, these dangerous uh, emotions. And I just pray that in this series, as we've looked in, in God's word, that I, I've just shown you some practical steps, how you can deal with these different emotions so that they don't trip you up. And, and so ultimately, so that you can live uh, an emotionally healthy life. You know, in this series so far, we, we've looked at the, the dangerous emotions of anger, jealousy, pride. And last week, we looked at frustration. And in that, we've looked at the stories in the Bible of Cain and, and Joseph's 10 older brothers and Samson and Moses. And, and in all these different stories, we, we saw how, how each of these people, they didn't, again, deal with these, these, their emotions. And because of it, uh, they did things that, that they regretted. They made bad decisions. And, and ultimately, it led to all of them missing out on God's best for their lives. And my prayer for sharing these stories is that we would learn from their mistakes, that we wouldn't make the same mistakes that, that they, they did. Well, this morning I do, I want to share with you one more dangerous emotion. And the dangerous emotion that I want to look at this morning is the dangerous emotion of discouragement. And I, I wrote this message before the game yesterday. And I think I almost had a feeling that this might happen. And so I wanted to prepare us. If you don't know what I'm talking about, the Husker game. But no, there's a lot of different things to become discouraged about, isn't there? And so I want to give you the definition of discouragement. Discouragement is a dissatisfaction with the past, a distaste for the present, and a distrust for the future. You know, I just feel like there are, are, are many people that are living discouraged life. You know, people, they, they are, they're discouraged because of things that have, have happened to them in the past. That they're discouraged because of things that, that are maybe taking place in their lives right now. Uh, people, they're discouraged because maybe they've just lost all hope for the future. And, and discouragement, it really is, it's a dangerous emotions because when we're discouraged, what it does is it causes us to, to lose hope. And when we lose hope, it can cause depression and even suicide. And, and there are many people in our culture today that are struggling with those two things, depression and suicide. But, but, but discouragement, it's also a dangerous emotion because it keeps us from, from getting up and, and moving forward when life has knocked us down, which again causes us to miss out on the great things that God has planned for our lives. 
And so again this morning, it's important that we learn to, to, to deal uh, with this dangerous emotion of discouragement so that we don't fall into this trap of, uh, of hopelessness, which again will cause us to, to miss out on God's best for our lives. And so this morning, we're going to look at a, another story. Uh, the story that we're going to look at this morning is a story of a, of a woman in the Bible. Her name is Hannah. You know, Hannah, she struggled greatly with discouragement. And the reason why was because Hannah, she desperately wanted a, a, a child, but she was unable to. You know what, Hannah, what she wanted more than anything was a, a son of her own. And she wasn't able to, and because of that, she had just become incredibly uh, discouraged. She became depressed. She became uh, just hopeless, which, as you can imagine, it greatly affected her life. Well, to make matters even worse, uh, Hannah's husband had a, another wife, and, and she constantly was making fun of Hannah for not having any children. And, and then on top of that, uh, Hannah, she also had a, a husband that wasn't the most uh, sympathetic uh, towards her, her feelings. And, and so let's read this story together this morning. It's found in 1 Samuel chapter 1, and we'll start reading with verse 2. It says this, it says, Elkanah had two wives, Hannah and Paniah. Paniah had children, but Hannah did not. Each year, Elkanah would travel to Shiloh to worship and sacrifice to the Lord of Heaven's army at the tabernacle. The priests of the Lord at the time were the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas. On the days Elkanah presented his sacrifice, he would give portions of the meat to Paniah and each of her children. And though he loved Hannah, he would only give her one choice portion because the Lord had given her no children. And so Paneah would taunt Hannah and make fun of her because the Lord had kept her from having children. Year after year, it was the same. Paneah would taunt Hannah as, as they went to the tabernacle. Each time, Hannah would re be reduced to tears and would not even eat. Why are you crying, Hannah? Elkanah would ask. Why aren't you eating? Why be downhearted just because you have no children? You have me. Isn't that better than having 10 sons? Once after a sacrificial meal at Shiloh, Hannah got up and went to pray. Eli the priest was sitting at his customary place beside the entrance of the tabernacle. Hannah was in deep anguish, crying bitterly as she prayed to the Lord. And so here Hannah is, she is in deep anguish as she's crying out bitterly to the Lord. You know, Hannah, again, at this point in her life, she is so discouraged that she has no son. And if you caught this in verse 7, it says this went on year after year. And so year after year went by, no, no children, and Hannah would just become more and more discouraged. Well, on top of that, Hannah had people in her life that, that caused this dangerous emotion of discouragement to intensify. You know, it didn't help Hannah that she had uh, Paniah, who was constantly taunting her and, and making fun of her for having no children. That, that just made Hannah feel more and more discouraged. And then again, she had a husband who I think in his attempt to comfort her, and some of you caught that. I love that you laughed. That cracks me up too. Says to Hannah, well, Hannah at least you have me, right? Like, I am amazing, right? He, he goes, uh, you should be so happy because I'm in your life. I'm better than, than, than 10 sons. 
And, and I'm not a, a marriage counselor this morning, but I want to give you, husbands, some, some marriage advice. I don't think that that's what you want to say to your wife, right, when she's struggling with discouragement. Hey, honey, you shouldn't be sad right now. You shouldn't be discouraged. You got me. Don't, don't say that. Doesn't go over well. And so here Hannah is, she's, she's overcome with discouragement. She, she's battling depression and hopelessness as she's crying out to the Lord in her pain. And this morning, like, I feel like some of you here can relate to, to Hannah. Man, you're, you're here this morning and you're, you're struggling with discouragement for one reason or another. You know, for some, you may be here today and, and like Hannah, you're discouraged because you're unable to have children. Others, you may be here today and you're discouraged because every year it seems like your marriage continues to, to drift further and, and further apart. Uh, others of you, you're discouraged because you're, you're still single. Uh, others of you, are you're discouraged because you're at a, a job that you, you, you don't want to be at. Uh, others are discouraged because you're still sick, you're still in pain even after going to doctor after doctor. And this, this feeling of discouragement, it's really starting to, to get to you. And you may be here today and, and you find yourself struggling with, with depression, with hopelessness, just like Hannah did. And if that's you this morning, more than anything, I want you to know that there's hope. Man, more than anything today, I pray that you leave here today knowing that there is hope. And there's hope only because of one reason, and hope has a name, and his name is Jesus. And so this morning, what I want to do is, again, I just want to share with you three simple steps that I believe that we can take to, to help us to, to deal with our discouragement. So there's an outline in your bulletin, and I want you to, to write these things down. Number one, the first way how we can deal with discouragement is just be real with God. Be real with God. You know, for Hannah, again, she was beyond discouraged as years went by and still she was without a child. You know, this discouragement that Hannah felt, it led to, to many tears. And again, this deep sense of, of, of just depression and, and sorrow overwhelmed her, her soul. But I love what, what Hannah did in her discouragement. Hannah, she still, she turned to God and she, she prayed. And in Hannah's prayer, she was, she was real with God. Hannah, she was real with God. She told God how it was and how it is, and she told God how she felt and what she wanted. And this is what Hannah said to Eli, the priest. It's found in, in 1 Samuel 1.15. She said this. She said, but I am very, what? Discouraged. She said, I am very discouraged as I was pouring out my heart to the Lord. And so here, Hannah, what emotion is she feeling? Discouragement, right? Hannah, she is discouragement, but as she is discouraged, she goes to God in prayer, and she just begins to be real with God. She just begins to, to pour her heart out to God. And, and I think more than anything, like that's like what, what God wants us to do. God wants us to just simply be real with him. When we're discouraged, God wants us to come to him and he wants us to, to pour our hearts out to him and he, he wants us to just be honest and he wants us to be real with him. You see, I want you to know this morning that we don't have to hide our feelings with God. We don't have to put on, our, on a mask when we go to God, but we can just go to God just as we are. 
We, we can go to God just as we are. God, he knows how we feel. He knows what we're discouraged about. And we can just pour our hearts out to him. You know, there was a, another person in the Bible who found himself discouraged. And, and when he was discouraged, he would go to God and just be real with God. And, and that was David. And, and one of those times in, in David's discouragement, he, he went to God and he prayed. And, and, and this was his prayer. It's Psalms 13, 1 through 2. David, he prayed this. He said, oh, Lord, how long will you forget me? Forever? God, how long will you forget me forever? How long will you look the other way? How long must I, I struggle with anguish in my soul, with sorrow in my heart every day? How long will my enemies have the upper hand? David, he, he's pretty real, right? He's pretty real with God in, in this moment. And, and so I think we learn from not only Hannah, but we learn from, 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 from David that when we're discouraged it's important that we go to God in prayer and that we just be real with him. And when we do that, the good news is I believe that God, he shows up. Man, God, he shows up. And, and, and when God shows up, man, we find the, the strength we need to, to keep moving forward. And so I just want to encourage you this morning that if you're here and you're feeling discouraged this morning, man, pour out your heart before God. Be real with God. And, and as you do that, not only will it help you to deal with the discouragement that you're feeling, but I promise you that you will find the grace and the strength that you need to keep going. How to deal with discouragement. Number one, be real with God. Number two, you can write this down. The second way we, we deal with discouragement is we find some encouragers. You know, Hannah... Unfortunately, I don't think she had that. She actually had the, the opposite. You know, she had someone that was taunting her and saying things to her that, that were bringing her down. You know, Hannah had, had, had a husband that, that maybe uh, not meaning, meaning to wasn't real uh, supportive. And, and so what Hannah, what she needed more than anything in her life was some encouragers. She needed some people that would come alongside of her and, and to lift her up and to, to encourage her during this discouraging time in her life. You see, this morning, it's so vital that if we are going to survive the, the discouraging times in our life, that we have people that will be there for us and that will encourage us. You know, 1 Thessalonians 5.11 says this. It says, so encourage each other and build each other up just as you are already doing. You know, this morning, I think the reason why people become discouraged and they let discouragement get the best of them is because they don't have people in their lives encouraging them. Man, we need some encouragers. And it's important that when we're feeling discouraged that we don't isolate ourselves, which is easy to do, right? It's important that we don't isolate ourselves, but it's important that we get around other people who will be there for us and encourage us. Man, that's why this is so important. Coming to church every single week, it's important. Why? Because this is a time where, where we can connect with other believers who will be there for us and who, can, who will encourage us. But even more importantly, it's why it's important to get plugged into a small group. It really is. Man, if you haven't already, I just encourage you, get plugged into a small group. Find some people that you can connect with every week who will encourage you. You know, Hebrews 10.25, it says this. It says, and let us not neglect our meeting together 
as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. You see, church, the reality is we need each other. Man, we, we need each other. Man, the times that we're living in can be very discouraging, can't they? And so it's important that, that we connect with one another, that we plug in to, to small groups, and that we spend time, man, just encouraging one another. And so that's number two, the second way how we deal with discouragement. And then here's the last one. The third way we deal with discouragement is we keep believing for a miracle. We keep believing for a miracle. You know, for Hannah, again, like she's gone year after year without a, out a, chi- without a child. Here she is. She's, she's beyond uh, discouraged. But yet I, I love this so much. She never stops believing, right? She never stops believing that God would give her a child. Even after many years of praying and asking God for a child, one day, man, God, he finally answered Hannah's prayer and blessed her with a son, and his name was Samuel. It says in 1 Samuel 19, verses 19 and 20, it says, when Elkanah slept with Hannah, the Lord remembered her plea, and in due time she gave birth to a son. She named him Samuel, for she said, I ask the Lord for her, for him. You know, in our discouragement, so many times we're, we're guilty of losing faith, right? For, for a miracle. And in our discouragement, we, we stop believing. We stop praying for a miracle. We, we simply give up. And what I love so much about Hannah was that even though she was discouraged, she never stopped praying, did she? Even though she was discouraged, she never stopped praying. She kept believing for a child, even though it seemed unlikely to ever happen. And again, this morning, I know for some of you here today, you're beyond discouraged, and it seems unlikely that the situation that you're discouraged about will ever change, or what you've been hoping will happen will ever, ever happen. But I just want to encourage you today to keep believing, keep praying for a miracle. You know, Jesus, he told us in Matthew 7, verse 7, he says, keep on asking, and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking, and you will find. Keep on knocking, and the door will be open to you. What is Jesus saying here? He's telling us to keep believing. Man, keep believing for a miracle. Man, keep asking, keep, keep seeking, keep knocking. Why? Because God, he wants to move, and he wants to do great things in our life. You see, church, I want you to know this morning that we do. We serve a miracle-working God. And as we just simply refuse to give up, as we keep praying, as we keep believing, man, we're going to see God move. And we're going to see great miracles in our life. And so I know this morning, some of you have been discouraged about some things in your life for a long time now. Some of you are discouraged about the, the, the state of our nation. Some of you are discouraged about your, your marriage. Some of you are discouraged about your jobs. And I just want to encourage you this morning to keep praying. Man, keep, keep believing. Because there, again, there is always hope. Man, man God, he, 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 there's always time for a miracle, right? We, we see that in the story of Hannah. 
And so if you're here today and you're, you're feeling discouraged, man, I, I just want to just challenge you today to, to deal with your discouragement. Man, don't let your discouragement get the best of you. And I really believe that the best way that we deal with our discouragement, number one, is just be real with God. I think God, he just loves that anyways. God wants us to just simply be real with him. Find some encouragers. Man, keep, make sure you make it a priority to be at church every week. Man, we need this time. This week, I hope, I hope, I hope more than anything, this, this, when you come to church, you leave here encouraged. Get, get plugged into a small group. Find some encouragers. It is so easy to become discouragers that we truly need encouragers in our life. And then most importantly, this one, I just want to challenge you to keep praying. Keep believing for a miracle. It's never too late for God. God, he doesn't work on our timetable, unfortunately, right? Keep praying. Keep believing. We serve a miracle working God. It's never too late for a miracle. And I really do. I believe that as we do these things, man, discouragement, it won't get the best of us. Man, and we will, we'll, we'll see God move and we'll, we'll, we'll live out the great lives that God created us to live. Amen? Amen? Amen. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes with me this morning? You know, I, I truly do. I pray that as, as followers of Jesus, that in these times that we're living in where there is so much to be discouraged about, man, I pray that we would live our lives filled with just so much hope. And this morning, I want you to know that we can have hope. We can always have hope because of, uh, of Jesus. Man, Jesus, he's the one. He's the only one that fills our life with hope. He's the one who keeps us encouraged. And it's through a, a daily relationship with Jesus. I love Joe when we were singing earlier. He just talked about you got to stay close. You gotta, you gotta stay, you gotta stay close to Jesus. And, and that comes through a daily relationship with him. And I want you to know this morning that that relationship, it's available to each and every one of us because of what Jesus did for us on that cross. And, and so if you're here this morning and you want to, to surrender your life to Jesus, man, and you wanna make that, de that decision to give him your life and you wanna follow him, man, if that's you this morning, uh, I wanna invite you to pray this, this prayer with me. Would you all pray this with me this morning? Say, Jesus, today, my eyes have been opened, and today I see how much I need you, Jesus, in my life. And so, Jesus, right now, I'm making a decision to put my faith and only you, as I confess you, Jesus, as the Savior and the Lord of my life. Amen. If you prayed that prayer with me for the first time, I want you to know that I'm so excited for you because I know that your life will never, ever be the same. I also want to encourage you to tell someone about the decision you made today. And then I want you to find a good Bible-believing church that will help you grow in your faith. I want to thank you all for listening to our podcast today. May God bless you and may his face shine upon you.